Hello, and welcome to Grain Insight, a CN update on getting your grain to market. I'm Stacey McCracken, and joining me is David Chednovic, Director of Sales and Marketing. David, today we are going to focus on grain movement north to the Port of Churchill. Can you start us off with a bit of history? Sure. So Hudson Bay as an alternate sea route to England for grain was touted by farmers as early as the 1870s. In the early 1900s, the Canadian Northern Railway built a line from the Manitoba border to Prince Albert, Saskatchewan. And from that line, a line was extended to the Paw, Manitoba from Hudson Bay, Saskatchewan. Work started on the line to the Paw in 1906 and was completed in 1910. It is at the Paw where the Saskatchewan River presents a natural barrier and the Dominion government had a bridge built over the Saskatchewan River starting in 1911. Initially, Port Nelson was chosen in 1912 by the government as the endpoint of the Hudson Bay Railway. The cost to build the Port Nelson was estimated to be about $4 million less versus building the line to Churchill, due primarily to the route to Port Nelson being about 70 miles shorter. But as early as 1914, engineers started to have concerns about the viability of Port Nelson, specifically about the harbor and silting due to the strong flow of the river there. Once World War I began, financing became tight and the completion of the line was delayed. Plans for the Hudson Bay Railway to end at Port Nelson were changed in 1927, after a survey was conducted and recommendations made that Churchill would be a better endpoint for the railway. Port Nelson, and all the work that had been done to develop the port infrastructure there, was completely abandoned. The Hudson Bay Railway arrived at Churchill in March 1929, as track was laid over frozen muskeg, but ballast work wasn't completed until the summer. At its completion, it ran 510 miles from the Paw to Churchill, with the last 150 miles or so built almost entirely on muskeg across the watershed of the Nelson and Churchill Rivers. When was the first cargo of grain loaded at Churchill? So the first nominal shipment of wheat out of Churchill was made in 1929 on the SS Ungava Queen. The Dominion government had a terminal built between 1930 and 31, with a 20,000 bushel per hour, four-belt conveyor built in 1932. Electricity was generated by a coal-burning powerhouse next to the terminal, and initial storage capacity was 2.5 million bushels. The storage capacity of the terminal was doubled in the mid-1950s, and the terminal saw its peak shipping program in the 1970s, one year seeing almost 750,000 tons of spring wheat and feed barley shipped through the port. Originally, the Bay Line and Churchill Grain Elevator were designed to carry and unload grain shipped in wooden boxcars, and thousands of grain boxcars were rehabbed by CN in the 1970s and 80s. Despite this, more and more of the aging wooden boxcar fleet was retired. The Manitoba and Canadian governments supported grain shipments through Churchill in 1986 by investing in a fleet of 339 steel boxcars that were nicknamed Buffalo Boxcars on account of the provincial logo painted on the sides of the cars. CN strengthened the track structure in the 80s and 90s, and in 1996, CN safety tested shipping grain in light axle weight aluminum covered hopper cars to Churchill and the last of the remaining grain boxcar fleet was scrapped in 1996. After the Bay Line was sold by CN in 1997, the new owners authorized grain to be shipped in standard steel-covered hopper cars up to 263,000 pounds gross weight. Can you give a bit of a background on some of the challenges and opportunities associated with shipping grain through the port of Churchill? So everyone immediately thinks of how short the shipping season is, roughly 100 days from August through the end of October. Typically, the first grain vessel is in no earlier than the first few days of August, and vessels need to be clear of the Hudson Strait by Halloween in order to sail with an Onice pilot on board. But in order for a vessel to call on the Port of Churchill in the first place to load grain, the owner or operator of the vessel has to be able to take that vessel there. Any time charter contract stipulates where a vessel can and cannot go, and that includes issues surrounding war risk and ice risk. 
Ultimately, you need to be able to break Institute Warranty Limits, or IWL, to call on Churchill. But if you think about it, it's no different than calling on or not calling on some or all St. Lawrence ports in the wintertime, or the fact that salties have to be out of the Great Lakes by a certain time. CN interchanges traffic at the PAW with Hudson Bay Railway, which is part of the Arctic Gateway Group. Historically, the railway cycle time associated with shipping grain to Churchill was roughly double compared to shipping to Thunder Bay. In the late summer and early fall, this isn't really a factor because demand for hoppers is low overall and fleet is generally surplus. And that's an opportunity to utilize capacity coinciding with the opening of the bay. During peak grain shipping season, however, the size of the hopper car spotting program that CN can deliver on a weekly basis depends in part on how fast equipment can be loaded, sent to destination, and returned back to the country for the next load. Double the cycle time of any longer cycle corridor versus a short cycle corridor hurts overall grain supply chain capacity. This also represents an opportunity, however. The Arctic Gateway Group is investing in upgrading the track to allow for more efficient rail operations and improved cycle times. Thanks for your time, David, and thanks for listening to Grain Insight, an update from CN.